I want to talk about a manager. Just being a manager this year, every one of you needs to be a manager. What is the word for a manager in Swahili? Yeah? Kurugenzi is a director. As a manager. A manager is a manager. Yutohoza. Manager. Manager. Being a manager. One who manages. Can become your own CEO this year. Don't wait to be employed somewhere. Employment is good. But don't wait to be appointed as a manager. God has already appointed you as a manager. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And um, I would want to equip us with some few elements of management so that this year you can be a chief executive officer. Amen? Um, anytime you hear the word management, there must be some resources. What in Swahili is called raslimali. Amen. You cannot be called to manage when there are no resources. Hallelujah. So there must be resources predisposed to you so that you can be able to manage what the Lord has availed to you. And I think one of the things you need to do is an audit for your life, a personal audit for your life to see what are the things that the Lord has given you freely that you don't need even to buy or spend any money for? Glory be to the name of the Lord. And they are, they are there. And they are resources. And uh, they are of great help. And then you need to begin asking yourself how to manage. The other word for management is steward. Are we together? Steward. Which means to take care of. When God created man in Genesis chapter 2, as he fathered the purpose of man, he said, you shall till the ground. Actually, the word husband means taking care. That's why you get the word animal husbandry. Uh, that's why Adam was made a husband. You have heard of animal husbandry. It's taking care of what? Of animals. So the first responsibility that God gave to man in the garden of Eden is to take care of the garden, to garden it, to till it, to weed it, to manage it, to steward it. And inherent in every person is the abilities of stewardship. Glory be to the name of the Lord. The abilities of what? Of stewardship. So there are several resources that you must ask yourself this year. Uh, what has God given me that I should be a manager of? And uh, there are several things. I'll just quote two for now because I want to emphasize on one. Number one is your gifts, your skills, your talents. And we shall be talking about that. How to become an effective manager of the gifts and the talents that the Lord has given you. Uh, because all through the scripture, you will read that 
even Jesus gives a parable about how to take care of your skills and gifts and to cause them to be beneficial, to manage them in such a way that they benefit you. I'm a strong believer that God never will permit a man to live on earth without providing him with the necessary resources that would keep him alive and would keep him to fulfill his purpose. So wherever you are, God has already provided everything you need for godliness and for life. Godliness here meaning your purpose. Life meaning your well-being. Praise be to the name of the Lord. So if you see or if you find anyone struggling with resources or the providence to keep themselves alive and to fulfill their purpose, then there is mismanagement or lack of stewardship of the resources that God has given them. And one of them we have said is what? Skills, giftings, you know, those God-given things. You never had to go and buy. You know, you, you probably just went to school to polish them up or experienced as just polished them up. But you know those things are inherent. You never struggle to have it. How good you are in them depends on how you have managed them. I was talking to my wife the other day and I was telling her, I am inherently a very good guitarist. Very good. And those that have interacted with me in the past, they know it. But I have mismanaged that skill. Amen. I'm inherently a very good basketballer. You know, but I have mismanaged that skill. Yeah, it's a reality. The fact that I'm a pastor doesn't make me not to become an MVP. Most valued player. Amen? Are we together? But I have done what? So when you look at the things you've mismanaged, it is Mike Maddock, a preacher in the US, I don't know whether you have ever listened to him, who says, every man created by God, by the mere fact that you're created, you have at least four streams of income. Four streams of income. And that is according to Genesis chapter number two. The rivers that were flowing into Eden. Everyone created. When you just look at your life, you have at least four streams of income by your capacity, even before getting into career and what you acquire by your environment. And it's for you to check them. Amen? So you have no reason. You have no reason. There is no excuse for lack whatsoever. There is no excuse. You can never blame. And you'll never have the ability to blame God. Are we together? You'll never have what? The ability to blame God. Blame your environment. Even blame your parents. Or blame the people around you. You don't have that luxury. So it's for you to dig deep from your within. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And know what are the things that God has given me freely that I ought to steward. So that they produce for me and they produce for the purpose for which God has created me for. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And that is the essence of prayer. We don't just come to the place of prayer 
to fight spiritual battles. We come to the place of prayer to receive insight and illumination. To be able to have our eyes unveiled so that we may reflect the glory of God. See him as he is so that we can see ourselves at the place of meditation. So that we can be able to have knowledge of who we are and what we ought to do. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So the stewardship of uh, gifts and talents can probably put another one there. Stewardship of relationships. And you are going to see that every relationship you are given by God is a resource. One way or another. Not every relationship is beneficial really. Uh, but they are very specific relationships that God brings into your life. Your stewardship of those relationships. Your management. You being a CEO of that relationship. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Will determine the out. Um, what is it called? The outcome of your life. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Then what I want to labor on today. The stewardship of time. Time management. Time management. We are, we are just completing the first month. I don't know about you, but for me, the January has not been very long this year. Um, I feel that, I feel like it would, it would go back to be first of January again. But uh, it is well. So, Time management. We have um, how many months ahead of us now? Eleven. One down. Are we together? And uh, they say you don't count December as a month <laughs> because uh, it's it's a month full of uh, just merry and uh, it's it's a month to close shop. So you have ten months. Amen. To have dominion. <laughs> 10 months to make sure that the word becomes flesh. So you need to have grace to manage time and understanding to manage the same time. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So can we get to understand what time is all about and probably lay a foundation and in the next two Sundays, this and the other one, see what we can uh, glean about time. So, let's go to Genesis chapter number one and lay a foundation and then we'll see how we can control and have dominion here in the matters that pertain time for greater effectiveness. So, if I would define, not divine, but define time, what would I say time is? Ask your neighbor what is time. Because what you can't define, you can't be able to appropriate in your life. So what is time? You see, you have even never thought about its definition. Come closer. Sit, sit a little bit closer. What you cannot be able to define, you can never be able to utilize or appropriate. What is time? What is time? Time is money. <laughs> Uh, what else? It's, who else has another definition of time? You know, that's, that's a colloquial phrase in our day. What is time? Define time. What is time? 
What you can never be able to define. Let me tell you. Okay, who is a man? You know the basic definitions. I know you know what is biology, physics. That one you can really define. Right, together, and that's why you passed your examinations. So what is time? So mathematically, what is time? I have scientists here. I have scholars, people with degrees. What is happening? What is time? Define time. Yes, try. Yeah, that's a good definition. Yes. Another one, somebody with a scientific definition of time. That's a spiritual definition of time. A scientific definition of time. You, yeah. Framework within which men live. Okay. John, you are the computer technologist. Do you have a definition of what time is? Uh -huh. You wanted to say something? <laughs> yeah, that's time. Distance of a speed. It produces time. Yeah, the distance you have covered at a particular speed, uh, then you, 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 are, you divide it, you get the time that you have used. That's a good scientific mathematical definition. But I would linger on the definition that David has given, David has given, that time is opportunity availed to accomplish a certain assignment. It's opportunity availed to accomplish a certain assignment. This opportunity is defined by minutes, seconds, hours, days, weeks, years, months, decades, centuries, millennia. You know, it has different definitions or divisions, sorry, and levels. So it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity availed. It is a space given to somebody to be able to utilize as a resource so that you can be able to accomplish a certain task. Praise be to the name of the Lord. So that is a definition of time. And David says it's a heavenly resource. Definitely it's a heavenly resource because it is God who can give you time. It's only God who can give you time by causing you to be alive. So it's a function of life. Time is a function of life that as long as you are alive, then there is time in this side of life. But the moment you die, you are out of time. Time is up. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Time is up. So let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter number one. 
and see the instituting of time or the establishment of time and we can be able to borrow something from there. Uh, Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 1. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and very void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. The evening, and that was the evening, and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the first day. So we are seeing darkness, emptiness. There was nothing on earth, void, darkness, and there was formlessness on earth. And uh, many a times we might feel like that. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Empty, there is nothing within us. Formless, there is no pattern in our lives. And darkness, there is no insight. No sense of direction. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And when that happens, and the Lord declares light, then something very miraculous happens. Time is immediately instituted. The Bible says, when light was shown in that situation, then day and night were established. So what we can say about time is that time is a product of light. Time is a product of light. Where there is light, there is time. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Where there is light, there is time. Now, you realize in the creation, Genesis chapter number 1, all the way to uh, Genesis chapter number 1 verse 13. Genesis chapter number 1 verse 1 to Genesis chapter number 1 verse 13. God is creating an environment. Which he will later populate. Day 1, this is how you can memorize your, your creation days. Some of you even don't remember what was created. Huh? This is how you can memorize your creation days. So, the first day, God creates the environment called the light. That is an environment called time. Are we together? The second day, he creates an environment called heaven or what would you say? The, the firmament above. What you would say, the heavens, the sky. He creates the sky and the waters below. So the waters above and the waters below. That is an environment. Then the third day, he separates the waters. So the waters below. Some gather into the sea, the others gather. Uh, the, the others, the, some gather 
and form the sea, and then it leaves the bare ground, it forms the earth. Then from verse 14, he begins populating the environment. So, the environment called time, he populates it with sun, moon, and stars. Then the, 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 the fifth day, he populates the skies with birds and the waters below with what? With fish and all that. Then the earth, he begins to put in plants there. Then he later puts in animals and he later creates man. So the first three days, he is creating an environment. Time, then he is creating the heavens and the waters. Then he is creating the earth and the seas. And then he now begins populating them. So what you see in day one is a creation of time as a function of light. And then day two, we find a separation, a firmament is put between the waters. So when God is doing anything in a man or creating in a man or in a place or doing something new in a community, the first thing he does is to bring separations. Separates the day and the night. Separates the waters above from the waters below. Separates the sea and the dry ground. So if God has to begin doing something in you, the first thing he begins doing in your life is to separate you. The word is consecrate you. God will never populate your space until he has separated you. From things that hinder your manifestation. Or that hinder your progress and process of life. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you realize the reason as to why God had not started putting anything on earth. Why it was empty. It was because there was no consecration or separation. Separation yields definition. You can only be defined when you are separated. Are we together? The reason as to why the world was shapeless, it was because some things needed to be separated so that the world would take its shape. Are we together? That's why it was formless. Darkness was existing because there was no separation. Glory be to the name of the Lord. If God has to do anything in your life, you must allow him to begin separating you from things. Separating you from habits. Separating you from relationships. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Separating you from things. Remember Abraham. For God to use Abraham, he had to separate him from his family. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There has to be separation in your life this year. There must be things that will fall off this year. And they will, not, they will no longer be associated with you. For the Lord to begin to populate your space. For you to begin to be fruitful and productive. For your space to be filled with new things, there must be separation. So the first thing we see is separation. Then God begins now calling forth things out of those spaces. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And I want you just to picture your life and ask yourself, what are those things that have attached themselves to me that are hindering my productivity this year? that I need to separate from.
glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And asking the Lord, part me, put a firmament, glory be to the name of the Lord. Define my life. You know, there are people who you can live with, or even friends, and you will never be defined. People will always associate you with those people. They can only define you according to that class and that kind of people. You are not a man of yourself. You need to be a person of yourself. Someone who can be defined. When I see you, I can be able to define you as you not according to your tribe, your cluster, and your people, and your generation. You need to be such kind of a youth that when people look at you, they can define you as a youth who is a person of himself, not the corporate young people. You are being put in a cluster. You are not defined. There needs to be what? Separation. That is what Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. Sanctify them by your what? By your truth. Your word is the truth. He said, Father, don't take them out of this world, but do what? Separate them. Sanctify. The word sanctify means separate them. Every, listen to me, and this is what I want to finish up with because you are out of time. Every knowledge you receive separates you from a cluster of ignorance. Every knowledge you receive it separates you from a cluster of ignorance or ignorant people. Somebody said something very powerful. I think it's Miles Monroe. I heard it when I was in campus. I was listening to one of his sermons. And he said, what you don't know is what is limiting you. What you don't know is what is limiting you. The moment you will know it, it will give you access. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And this light we are seeing here is what began the process of separation. And this light is what we call the knowledge of God. So you wonder how things were separated. How light was separated from darkness. It's simple. As long as God was speaking, hear me, as long as God was doing what? Speaking. There was light. When he, when he went silent, it was darkness. So, the moment he would stop speaking, <laughs> it was darkness. So, we are being told, and the that day he said, and God said, let there be. As long as he was speaking, there was light. And that was a time to create. When he kept quiet, Because his speech would produce what? Light. Because his word is what? His word is what? Light. I can release the discipleship class. Glory be to the name of the Lord. His word was what? Light. And is still light. The word of God is light. So as long as God is speaking, that is light. Anytime God is speaking, that is light. And that is what introduces time. Glory be to the name of the Lord. The word spoken by God and God being silent. God being silent is darkness. 
Because there is no information. There is no insight. There is no knowledge. There is no revelation. But as long as God is speaking, that is called day. That's how God separated the darkness from the light. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, that is Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 3. God said, let there be light in chapter number 4. And he divided the two and he called the light day and he called darkness night. And it was evening and that was morning and that was the first day. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Then the next day came, he said, let there be firmament. As long as he is speaking, glory be to the name of the Lord. That is light. But come to verse number what? Verse number what? Where did he say, let there be? Um, where are we now? Uh, it should be where? Verse number 13. Sorry, not verse number 13, sorry. Yes, verse number 14. There we go. Verse number 14. And God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven. To do what? To do what? To divide the day. Separate the day from the night. And them, let them be signs for seasons and for days and for what? So you see the creation of time right there. Now, this is a new time order. The first time order is dependent on the word of God. And this is what we call the eternity time order. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Where Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that does what? That proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. That is what becomes light for you. And that is where we are supposed to be at as believers. But however, on the earth realm, God instituted another time order. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And that time order was created to be governed by what? By the sun, the moon, and the what? And the stars. And these now introduced the time as we know it on earth. Time in terms of seasons, time in terms of days, and time in terms of nights, and times in terms of months and years. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And as long as you are on earth, this is how you operate in. And for you to be able, glory be to the name of the Lord, to operate effectively here on earth, you must have knowledge of how the sun operates, how the moon operates, how the stars operate, because they are the ones who define time on the earth realm. Glory be to the name of the Lord. If you don't have this knowledge, you'll have a problem. Actually, our calendars are divided by how these things operate, the sun, moon, and the stars you know, our days are divided by that. Glory be to the name of the Lord. If you don't have the knowledge of the 24-hour clock system, you have a problem. Amen. Let's say you come out of Kenya and you go and live 
and you go and uh, visit a nation like the U.S., for the first few days, you'll be very confused. Are we together? Because you're, the way the sun works there is not the way the sun works here. Are we together? There will be trouble. So one of the first things that you must do when you get into such territories is to begin understanding the time. Are we together? Because your body and your mind was occasioned to understand things in a different way. So before even you understand how money operates there, you must change your, your clock system. You must understand how things operate in terms of their 24-hour clock system. Glory be to the name of the Lord. The other places you go, where they don't use the calendar we use, we use the solar calendar. They use the lunar calendar. Are we together? Especially the Jews. Their January is not our January. Glory be to the name of the Lord. There are cities you go and you realize when you get there, the, the, your Sunday is not their Sunday. Their Sunday is Friday. So if you are a business person, you must change by understanding how their time operates. But all those things are defined by the sun, the moon, and the stars. Can you imagine we had celebrations for the new year? Not necessarily because God had produced another year and released it. But because the sun or the earth had revolved around the sun for several days. Are we together? So the sun and the moon and the stars dictate time. If, let me tell you, if the sun does not go down today, the decides, or the earth decides to stop, are we together? And the sun does not go down today. I'm telling you, we will wake up the next day very confused, feeling very confused. That's why when you go for Akesha, the next day is a very confusing day. For some of us, because, you know, the night demands a certain activity, which is to sleep. Because the light system informs your time. So it is in the spiritual realm. Are we together? If you have to be productive as a believer, you must always be walking in the light. Your time as a believer is determined by the light you have. The people operating under the sun, are we together? People were operating where? The people operating under the sun on earth. Let me just bring this home. People operating under the sun on earth they have learned the mastery of the sun the moon the stars the seasons and the times and the days and the nights the occasion some of them have gone yonder and even worshiped these things and harnessed power harnessed authority and these are the people you are competing with Some of them know how to project 
and prognosticate even the moon for their favor. They have tapped into the spiritual authority of the sun, the moon and the stars, and they know how to manipulate demonically in the worship of these heavenly bodies to have favor in their time. And it never began yesterday. It was right there in the book of uh, Exodus. Even in Genesis, Abraham is called from a community of moon worshippers. The fertility cults of the Bible, they are shared at the bar, that old system, the Babylonian system, it all depended on what? The sun, the moon, and the stars. The festivals were about when the sun is coming up and when the sun is going down. Or when the rainy season is coming and the sun will not be seen. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So, there are people who have mastered the art of the sun, moon, and the stars. And I don't want to go to that because that is not very necessary. And they have used these lights to define their seasons, their days, their times. And they have effectively utilized them against others and for their own favor. Others have just learned how to specifically be able to manage their time. They know it's a new month, it's a new year. They know how to plan it and orchestrate a system around it and they have prospered. Glory be to the name of the Lord. For us, we have a higher calling. Glory be to the name of the Lord. And our light is greater than these lights. Praise be to the name of the Lord. That light is the word of God. Glory be to the name of the Lord. David says, or the writer of the book of Psalms, he says, Your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet. And a what? And a light unto what? Unto my path. The moment you ever get light or revelation from the Lord, it ushers a season in your life. It ushers a time in your life. Our time is defined by the light of the word of God. What was happening in Genesis chapter number 1 verse 3. But we have a challenge. We have received a season in the spirit by the word of God. A time in the spirit by the word of God. But we must now be able to bring it and apply it to the time on earth that is controlled by the sun, the moon, and the stars. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus. And that is where the Kizungu is. To be able to translate the time established in eternal realities by the word of God. Like now... The Lord has spoken to us boldly that he has brought us into a wealthy place. That very word, dominion, that very word releases a season in our lives. Yeah. Releases a time in our lives. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, the task that the believer has 
is to be able to actualize that season that is already released to be able to be effective on the time that is controlled by the sun, moon, and the stars where we are living in. That means, how will I ensure the season of dominion released by the Lord through his word, that light I'm walking in, the light of that word, is made manifest in the year 2022. That means, as the earth goes around the sun, 365 and a quarter days, how will I be able to walk in dominion? Because in the spirit, I'm in the season of dominion. The eternal reality is that God has ushered me to a day called dominion. Are we together? It's called the day of the Lord. A day called what? Dominion. That is the day you're walking with. But there are 365 days here on this realm that whatever is happening in the spiritual realm must be made to translate and to be seen in these 365 and a quarter days. And that is where now time management comes in. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Being able to handle seasons, days, years, months in the earth realm is very essential for the effectiveness of a believer. Let me say this. There are two forces that you can never control. Two forces that you can never control in this earth realm. You have no control over. Number one, you have no control over time. And number two, you have no control over change. You have no control over time and you have no control over change. Many people have been brought to a day in the spirit, but they never see a day on the other realm that is affected with the grace of the day in the spirit they have received. When God speaks a word, even a prophetic word, he has ushered you into a day. But for that day to become a reality, it, you must have a technology of bringing that day, downloading that day in the spirit into the physical realm. So that every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that day is a reality on this very day that you are living in. Glory be to the name of the Lord. You can never control time and you can never control change. You have no jurisdiction over it. The sun and the moon and the stars cannot wait for you to get your act together. You are always competing against them. You're fighting against them. You're working against them. That's why you'll always say, time is not on my side. So what are you battling with from January to February? What are you fighting with? What is that that you're fighting with from January to February? You are fighting with time so that time does not overtake you. Hallelujah. Every day that shuts down and a night is introduced, it always reminds you of what you have not done. What you have not accomplished. Because what you have not done and what you have not accomplished is not of this realm. 
you are trying to download it to this realm. Are we together? You received a day in the spirit through the revelation what you ought to do. Glory be to the name of the Lord. You have heard the word of God. You have taken it to heart. But you have to apply what you have received on the earth realm. So you are chasing to make sure before 24 hours are over, what God spoke has been effected. Is a reality in my life. So you're running and chasing to beat time. And you have not yet started living if that is not the attitude you have towards time. As it concerns time. If you just, you know, if you just live for the happenstance, what will happen? What will be, will be. You are better dead. You are a dead man. Someone who is truly alive in this time real. Are we together? They are always fighting with time. They have something to accomplish in this time. There is a reality they have to download from heaven within 24 hours. While it is still today. There is a day called what? Today. One of the things I've come to realize is that God does not speak so that you fulfill things tomorrow. He speaks so that you may do things today. The only day you have a guarantee over is the day today. And the only time you have guarantee over is the time now. So everything that God has spoken, you should be trying to effect it today according to your capacity. You should be trying to effect it now according to your capacity. That is what is called time management. Your ability to download the time released spiritually on earth so that it's a present reality on your current time. That is what you call time management. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot control those two things. So how do you handle it? How do you control time? How do you handle If you cannot control, what do you do with it? For you to have an upper hand over time and change, then you need to plan. Then you need to plan. The secret to life and time and change is management and planning. You need to plan. You need to have a plan. The moment you plan your time, you begin ruling over your time. You have no control over time, but the moment you plan your time ahead, glory be to the name of the Lord. You begin gaining authority, gaining dominion over that time. You know, one of the benefits of time, as we know it, the years, the months, the days, the nights, one of the major benefits of time, day, night, evening, years, months, is that uh, 
there is a past. There is a present and there is a future. In eternity, there is nothing like that. Eternal things don't have what? Past, present, and future. In eternal things, there is nothing like I did, I will do, I am doing. <laughs> Everything in the eternal is permanent. The Bible says that which you do not see is permanent. That which you see is what? Temporal. Or it's passing away. Glory be to the name of the Lord. The realities in the spirit are permanent. Glory be to the name of the Lord. That's why the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is not something of the past. It's still active today. It's like it's happening right now. That's why a sinner can be saved and cleansed from their sins by the blood of the Lamb. Eternal things are permanent. Are we together? Eternal things are what? Are permanent. That's why there are things that God can never permit in the eternal realm. Like pain. Because if you live in eternity and you have a headache, that is an everlasting headache. You can never say, I had a headache. Are we together? Disappointments, sorrow, they can never be in the eternal realm. They can't. Sin. Do you know why Adam had to be shifted from the Garden of Eden? So that he would not eat of the tree of what? Of life. That is eternal life. Because in the state he was in, if he ate eternity, if he partook of eternity, it will be eternal crisis. Sin for the rest of his life. Struggles for the rest of his life. Fear for the rest of his life. That's why God had to chase him out of the garden of Eden so that he does not do what? Eat of the tree of life. Because the condition of his fallenness would have been permanent. Eternity. That's why when God saved you, he kept you here in this earth realm to create character. Character in you to develop it that can be able to inherit eternal life. Because what steps into eternal life is permanent. So for this time, he has kept you in earth to interact with the two realms as a born again believer. Are we together? To interact with what? The two realms as a born again believer. But a time will come when you will die or when you will be taken up. Whatever comes first. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Or he comes down. And whatever will happen to you from then will be of eternal significance. You'll be restored back to the Adamic kind of a posture before he was shifted out of Eden. The advantage of time is that it gives us opportunity for change. Are we together? That you can have a past. I believe some of you are waiting very eagerly for new year. Because you couldn't wait for 2021 to be last year. If you're in the eternal realms, there's nothing like last year. Whatever was happening last year can continue to this year and will continue just like that. 
But time gives you opportunity for change. Because things that happened in the past can be put in the past. You have the opportunity to say, I lost my job yesterday, last year. Now I have a new year. Time gives you opportunity for change. Seasons, days, and years. A new season. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So time is a very wonderful resource. But for it to be effective in your life, you must have ability to manage it by what we are calling planning. Let me read first Chronicles. Sorry, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 and then I'll keep quiet. This year I want you to take stock and begin setting up a plan for your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. Can we read one to go? To everything there is a what? There is a season. A time for every purpose. And a what? And a heaven. And this is a beauty. There is no permanent problem. There is no permanent condition, position, or situation. Nothing that happens in the life of a man is permanent. Everything has a time. And when that time is over, you enter into another season. How fast you get there, it is determined by how meticulous you are in your planning. To every, let me tell you, everything that you are going through has an expiry date. That's what that verse means. To everything, there's a season. Never be discouraged because of a low light in your life or a situation that seems not to be going or a painful situation or a very discouraging moment you're going through. It has a time. It has a what? A time. It has a season. That's why never discredit people because of their current season. Never look down upon them. Never despise them. Because it's only a season. Everything you see on earth, joblessness has an expiry date. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Lack has an expiry date. Sicknesses have an expiry date. Glory be to the name of the Lord. You don't seem to be believing that. Eh? Everything, even good things, they have an expiry word. They have an ex to everything, there is a season, there is a time. There is a purpose. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Every purpose has a time. So you must make sure that you fulfill your purpose within time. Because there are things that you ought to do. And when their time lapses, you have lost that opportunity. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe this year, there are things that God has already spoken to you. And they are supposed to be fulfilled within this time. Called the year 2022. Don't let that time pass. 
Because when that time expires, that purpose expires. But the good thing about this is that time gives opportunity for change. You can have, had, have undergone a very tough season. Have you ever heard people saying, give it time? Are we together? Do what? Permit it to be so. That's what it means. Give it what? Give it time. The reason why people tell you, give it, let, 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 probably you are going through a heartbreak. Somebody has really broken your heart and you're in much pain. Are we together? Somebody will come and encourage you and tell you what? Give it what? Give it time. That pain, that pain has a time. When that time expires, and it might expire by another wonderful man or woman coming along your life, and that man and woman introduces a new time to you, and you get married because you gave it time. Everything has time. Glory be to the name of the Lord. But people who emerge victorious are people who have learned the act of doing what? Planning. Planning. Planning is powerful. So how do we plan our time? Let me just finish this. Those that uh, were in the first service and went to school, to discipleship class, can probably um, get from the internet. Because I feel we need to just bring it out. So, look at this. Time is a resource given to man to be able to effect God's purpose on earth. I think that is very important. So, how do we do this? How do we, what are the basics of managing your time and planning your time in the year 2022 and going forward? Number one, know your time. Know your time. Know your time. First Chronicles 12, verse 32. First Chronicles 12, verse 32. The Bible says, Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were what? Under their what? Under their command. You know, you don't gain dominion on earth until you have mastered what you ought to do. You have an understanding of your times. Every believer at least should have this prophetic angle in their lives. The ability to understand what times are we living in. Glory be to the name of the Lord. What we ought to do during these times. One of the things that I know clearly are supposed to be done in these times you are living in, this season you are living in, is that we are supposed to come to a place, we are, God is bringing us to a place of wealth, great wealth. It's time for the believers to come out of poverty and shift from poverty mentality and come to a place of acquisition of wealth and abundance. Secure wealth for generations for the sake of the kingdom. We're in times of appropriating wealth 
This is the time to gather. The Bible says there's a time to scatter and a time to do what? To gather. This is a time for people to, to tap into the resources that are within, without, and assimilate riches and wealth for a specific task and manifestation in the kingdom of God. That is one of the things that is very clear in my heart and in my spirit. How do you know that? You have the resource of the word of God. You have the resource of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit as a believer. To be able to tap into the heavenly realm and begin knowing your time like the sons of Issachar. Thus, you are able to put people under your command. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus knew his time. Many times, he kept on saying, it is not my time. It is not my time. The mother would tell him, do this. He say, it is not my time. The Bible would say, and they would not apprehend him because it was not what? It was not his time. It is okay, just relax. It was not his time. You need to know your time. Knowing your time means knowing yourself. Knowing the capacities you have. Knowing the word of God. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Ask yourself, what is this time for? Know your time. Is it time for you to get married? Is it time for you to make money? Is it time for you to study? What is this time for? Know your time. Define your time. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Are we together? And that comes from the information you get when you are hearing the voice of the Lord. Number two. Redeem your time. Redeem your time. That word redeem means buy back your time. Buy back your time. So it means it was your time but it has been taken over by another. Now you're getting what was yours. Any believer who has to plan or make most of his time, they must learn the art of redeeming their time. So how do you redeem your time? You redeem your time by how you walk. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. How you walk. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. When we talk about how you walk, we are talking about the activities you engage with or in. Anytime you engage in an activity that is in line with the word of God, you are buying back your time. Anytime you are in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, what you're doing is that you're buying back your time. The Bible says, O unto you inhabitants of the earth, for the accuser of the brethren has been hurled down, the devil himself, the old dragon, the serpent, has been hurled down on earth, and he has been given just a short time. Revelation chapter 12, you can go there and see it. 
He has been given what? So the devil has been given a time. And the devil is applying that time to make sure you lose your time. Are we together? So, any activity you engage in that is as a result of the devil luring you either to mismanage your time or not understand what you're supposed to do with time, it is time lost to the enemy. Wasted to the enemy. But anytime you begin engaging in things that pertain to your purpose, your calling, and godliness, what you're doing is that you're buying back your time. That means you're using your time, you're taking stock of your time to utilize it for the best use. Anytime you spend in prayer and not in gossip, you're buying back time, you're getting advantage. You are using time to your advantage. That is what is called what? Redeeming time. What does the Bible say? See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as what? As wise. Go down. What does it say? Redeeming what? Redeeming the time. Because the days are what? The days are evil. The days are evil. So applying yourselves accurately. Doing what you must do accurately. Give me Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Give me the New Living Translation. New Living Translation. I like that translation in this verse. Very wonderful. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Can we read? I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. And skillful men are not necessarily... Mm, I, I know you have also observed that. You have a lot of skill, but you are not among the 40 below 40. A lot of skill. Some of you, I am sure, if you are showed the wealthy people in this nation, you would hate yourself. Because you look at them and you wonder, what do they have to offer? Yet they are very wealthy. Did you hear of a man by the name who died and left all his wealth to his, uh, was it a three-year-old boy? Man who was selling charcoal. Was a minister. What was his name? An old muse. He was once a minister of defense. Don't even remember him. Can't even remember his name. <laughs> eh? Not the Kaiseri. Was a Kikuyu man. Even did not know how to speak in English. Not Meshoki. Meshoki was. Eh? No. A Kikuyu. Yes? He used to sell charcoal. He was the owner of one of these hotels here in Nairobi, in Westlands. What is his name? Jenga Karume. A charcoal seller. Someone who even never entered any university. Yet he was your minister of defense. Because he, you, you have learned a lot. 
you have studied skill. You have a lot of skill. The other day I was watching another young man playing a keyboard. He is very famous on YouTube. But he is just playing the, you know, the, the three chords, you know, the funny three chords. But the man, you know, he is, he is playing very many instruments, making a lot of merry. What is his name? Savior B. I'm wondering, where are Kina John? <laughs> you know more things than this guy. But this guy is very famous. As in, his YouTube is full of views and all that. And I believe it's translating to money. Not those that have skills that are necessarily wealthy. Can we read? Go down. And those who are educated, don't always do. It's a very troublesome scripture to read. But it's a reality. And it does not give you comfort because you are not educated. No, it's just telling you the reality. What, is this, what decides what makes a man successful? It is all decided by what? Chance. That word chance is opportunity. It is decided by how you make most of your opportunity. By being what? By being at the right place at the right time. And this is defined by planning. Your being at the right place at the right time is always defined by planning. How you plan your day, how you plan your month, how you plan your year, and your because I'm, uh, next time I will be talking about the principles of planning. Glory be to the name of the Lord on Sunday. The principles of planning. It is defined by how you plan your day, your year, your decade, and your century. You have no reason to live for 100 years if you have never planned to live for 100 years. Let me tell you how an average Kenyan will plan. They will not have a pen. They will not have a paper. They will just think. I will live up to 70. I will have a family. I will have some children. I will have a vehicle. I will have a house built somewhere. End of planning. End of planning. They have planned their life within a minute. They have planned it's over. And it's all in their mind. It's nowhere in a paper. I'll get a good job somewhere. You know, I'll work. I'll try to make sure everything is okay. My children are studying somewhere. End of planning. Nivo. Somebody said, if you don't aim anywhere, you'll never miss. You will never miss. Every target will be a bullseye. Because you never play, planned for anything. There's no target. Some of you, the last target you had was the target to pass your KCAP, KCSE. From there, the world went haywire. What are your goals this year? How accurate are you? Glory be to the name of the Lord. It is decided by opportunity. By being at the right place and the right time. Other versions say, but time and chance happeneth to all of them. Can we get probably message Bible we hear what it says here? Message Bible. If you have the message Bible in that verse, I would like to hear what it says in this. Let me tell you, people of God, 
It is not demonic to plan your time. You know what God is saying? What God has been speaking to you? Then put a plan. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Sooner or later, <laughs> bad luck hits us all. That's what it says. Oh my God. Sooner or later, bad luck hits us all. I, no, I will not be struck by bad luck. Okay, take that one out. But time and chance does what? Happens to them all. Favor is not for the men of the skill or people who are educated or reaches to men of understanding. But time and chance does what? Happen to them all. So know your time. Number two, redeem your time. Listen, everybody has an equal opportunity called mercy. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor mercy. mercy. One of the greatest things that time releases to us is mercy. The word mercy means pardon. Are we together? Pardon. Every day you find yourself breathing is an opportunity called pardon to redeem your time. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 22 to 23. 22 to 23. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 22 to 23. Through the Lord's masses we are not what? We are not consumed. Consumption is what happens within time. You see Moses saw a bush that was burning but it was not being consumed. Are we together? Consumption is what happens within time. It is what depletes. It's how something is depleted. Within what? Within? Within time. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you come to Kopamoja? So, it is the Lord's masses that makes us not to be consumed within time. Or rather, that time does not consume us. Or rather, we don't become victims of time. Uh -huh. Because his compassions do what? Fail not. Let me tell you, the moment you wake up in the morning, and you're healthy, and you're strong, and you can think straight, and you can laugh, and you can clap, let me tell you, you are walking at a point of great advantage. God has just renewed your life. The lease of your life. Have you ever had lease renewal? Like now here we are in a seven year lease. After seven years the landlord will come and he will do what? We'll sit together and we'll renew the what? The lease. Every morning you breathe. Are we together? Every time you wake up and you breathe in, your life has been, the lease 
of your life, the lease of your life has been renewed. Go down. What does the Bible say? The next verse. They are new. Every morning. This mass is our word. Are new every morning. Great is the faithfulness of God. So, the greatest resource that time avails to us every morning is what is called mercy or pardon. Mercy for what? For wasting time yesterday. For mismanaging time yesterday. For not accomplishing God's purpose yesterday. God has pardoned you and given you another opportunity. For not getting married last year, Phineas. So this new day you have woken up, God wants you <laughs> to utilize this year effectively. So you must have a plan. It's, it's a gift from God. Glory be to the name of the Lord. It's what? It's a gift from the Lord. What is the other thing you do to time? You have said, know your time. Redeem your time. Number two, keep your time. And that one is what we call obedience. Keeping your time is what is called obedience. This means moving according to the instruction. Being at the right place at the right time. Keep time. Anytime you obey an instruction of God in time, you have kept your time. You plan your time by keeping time. Being punctual to your assignment. Consistent to your assignment. You keep your time. And this we find with Jesus Christ. John chapter 17. Oh Jesus. Let's go to John chapter 17. Verse number 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to the heavenly father. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. Continue. As you have given him authority over all the flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given to him. Continue. And this is the eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Uh -huh. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Continue. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Uh -huh. I have manifested your name to men. Am I losing... The, the chapter where it says the time has come the time has come hmm? let me get it he says the time has come sorry someone can look up for it should be somewhere there should be somewhere there. It says, "My now the time has come. You can go back. Just go back to the first verse. Probably I read it out. Yeah. I was looking for that word. I read it quickly. 
Other versions say, now the time has come. Father, the hour has what? The hour has come. Father, the hour has come. The time has come. It's now time. He was right there at the right time. He kept his time. He never delayed. He never prolonged his time. He was at the right time. He kept his time. If you have to plan your time well, you must endeavor to keep your time. The last thing that you're supposed to do in your management of time, and that one you said is obedience. That one is obedience. The other thing you need to do is to prolong your time. Prolong your time. Prolong your time. And this is dependent on your relationships. To have extra time. Extra days. What does that word prolong your time mean? What does that word prolong your time mean? It has two definitions. Number one, it has the definition of having more days, literally. The other one has accomplishing more within a short time. So that you have 24 hours with everybody, but you are doing things that are beyond what you can do within 24 hours. You have 365 and a quarter days with everybody else, but you are doing more than can be accomplished within a year, but you're doing it within a year. That means your days have been prolonged. Those those are the two definitions. Number one, having your 24 hours look like they are 48 hours. Number two, having more days than expected to do what you have to do. We see Joshua stopping the sun and the moon so that he may have advantage. That is, having days added on to you or time added on to you so that you can be able to accomplish your task. The other one is that you can do so much within a very short time. You do what? So much within a very short time. That's how your days are prolonged. Numerically or qualitatively. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 gives us one strategy of our days being prolonged. Glory be to the name of the Lord. I think we can read that one. Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. The Bible says, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and that your days on earth may be what? Lengthened or prolonged. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Psalms 91 also talks about a man whose life is prolonged. One who knows how to dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Down there, the Bible says in Psalms 91, probably I can read it for us. It says, with long life will I satisfy him 
and show him my salvation. Other versions, other parts of the scripture, they talk about how you use your tongue will determine the length of your days. The Bible says, if you love life, then you will tame your tongue. The book of Proverbs. Glory be to the name of the Lord. So you can manage your time by keeping your time, knowing your time, redeeming your time, and prolonging your time. Great ways of planning your time. We will see in the next coming Sunday how to be able to effect a good time plan for your life. How to put a nice schedule. How to plan your life according to the goals that God has set for you. But I didn't want to step into that technical bit until you have known the very concept, the very greater aspect of you as a person, it's already 10, of you as a person coming to the place of um, knowing how to address this matter from a general point. Um, I want to look up for something here. A verse that I must read before I finish up. Job chapter 7. Job chapter 7. Verse 1. Can we read Job chapter 7 verse 1? One to go. Is there not a time of hard service for man on earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hired man? Are we together? Your time is merited. Your time is timed. Your time is appointed. Let me get another one. Um, okay, I'm not getting that scripture. Talks about the time of a man being being limited, being timed. You don't have all the time. I think this verse this verse can be able to help us. That are not, this is just a question, rhetoric questions. Are not his days also like the days of a hired man? That you're here on a contract. You need to put your time and your house in order. You must understand the environment of your time. You must actualize it. You must make most of it. You must keep it. You must define it. Glory be to the name of the Lord. This year, set yourself up for success. Do what? Set yourself up for success. Let's stand up on our feet. Set yourself up for success. This year 2022. Set yourself up for success. Plan your time. 
let not time overtake us. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we bless your holy name. We give you glory and we give you praise. I pray for your children and your servants that you have called by your grace and by your power. I ask of you, Lord Jesus, as we step into the next service, that you will prepare them. That they can be able to prepare themselves this year. And that by the grace that you have accorded unto each and every one of them, they will make most of every opportunity given to them. They will walk accurately and circumspectly. That when we sit back at the end of this year 2022, we will surely say that we applied our time and here are the results. Because time does not lie. What we put into time is what we harvest. And as you kept your time and you did everything in accordance to the time set for you, I pray that King of Glory will also follow suit. Anything that hinders us keeping time and performing our tasks within time, I ask of you, Lord Jesus, help us to be separated from it, to be sanctified from it. Any ignorance, any darkness that keeps us from entering our time, let it not comprehend the light of the word of God that is being illuminated upon us in this season. Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we'll be able stewards of time in this year, 2022. We'll make most of this time. Oh God, every month will count. Every day will count. Every hour will count. Every minute will count because it will all be applied to God's divine revelation. So Lord we pray. That we will be wonderful stewards. Of time in this year 2022. People who feel they have wasted their time. In the year 2021. It had been probably a very difficult year. A very tough year full of disappointment. Visions that were not actualized. I pray dear heavenly father. That this year, in the name of the Lord, the masses of the Lord will be renewed for them. And they will not be consumed by time, in the name of Jesus. But they receive a new release of mercy to, to be pardoned, to do that which they never did yesterday. To do it in a better way. Give grace to recover, in the name of the Lord. The Bible tells us that you shall restore to us ears. I pray, my God, may you restore ears, may you restore months, may you restore the time that was lost in the mighty name of Jesus. Restore it to them, O God, by your renewed masses that are new every morning, by restoring the things that revolve around time. We give you glory, Father, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, do we pray and do we believe. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you so much. 
you can join in the second service. If you are not coming to the second service, you can just come and give an offering and the Lord will bless you even as you depart. Give your tithes, give your offerings and God will bless you. Welcome to the second service, the worship team or the people who are leading in prayer.